You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right. Hello and welcome back to the Minnesota Twins SB Nation podcast. Me and Andrew recording a bit of a late episode here after the Vikings took a decisive win over the pack, over the Bears this week. Just an all-around offensive showcase for both teams, and now here we are. And Andrew, how are you tonight? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm sure you're you're gleaming with joy after Kirk Cousins <laughs> finally gets it done on Monday night. Prime time, Kirk, to you. That's what it is. He's one and nine on Monday night now. Don't disrespect the man. But yes. <laughs> It's always good to snap the O for your career in any category. God, the narrative was always fun, but I guess that's going to die a little now. Sad. But we're here to talk about baseball. Thing, you know, just touch on the Tony LaRussa hired by the White Sox. Everything that's gone on there, it has been ugly. So as a Twins fan, you're kind of like, just watch it from the distance. Uh, The Indians are shopping Francisco Lindor once again, and this time it looks like they're actually going to trade him just because they don't want to pay him. They don't want to pay anyone. They released Brad Hand, too. They don't... Screw paying their players, right? Yep. Uh, the Braves signed Drew Smiley today. Stroman and Kevin Gausman accepted the qualifying offers. We'll touch on all of them. And we'll just at the end look at the St. Paul Saints becoming poss- possibly becoming the Twins AAA affiliates. And then discuss the Hall of Fame ballots that came out today and who we would, few of the players we would put on our ballots. So we'll get right into that. And just starting off with the White Sox hired Tony Larusa. A really old white dude to to manage (laughs) a team full of exciting players on the White Sox. It doesn't make sense. And I don't think players are going to want to play there. Marcus Stroman almost immediately was like, no thanks. And, I mean, it just hasn't – things have gotten horribly since the start. Andrew, what are your thoughts on that hire? You know, so at first I was kind of in the minority here. Um, I was like, yeah, he's old and he comes from this previous generation of baseball – but that doesn't mean that he can't manage or doesn't mean that he doesn't can't relate to the game today. Right. Um, but as a lot of other things have kind of started to surface uh, with some of the reactions from Tim Anderson and especially that, that news drop of the DUI and I'm a yeah. hall of famer baseball guy or whatever it was. He said, you know, that kind of <laughs> makes sours me on it a little bit. If I was a white Sox fan, but it's on the surface, you know, like Tony La Russa, he's a Hall of Fame manager for a reason. The guy has managed the game at a very high level. He's won three World Series titles, right? So that he knows baseball. He knows how to manage. He knows how to win. And so I, I didn't want to immediately just write him off and say, oh, he can't he can't do it in, in today's era. thought maybe there was a chance you could take this guy who had a lot of success in a previous generation of baseball and then come in today's game and, and adapt to the way the game is played today and, and have success. So I still think that maybe he can do that. Uh, but if his DUI antics and some of his other things kind of override that, then this is just going to be an absolute disaster for the White Sox. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. you. You got a good point there. People did kind of just discredit him from the start. But, you know, I guess potentially could have been or could be a great manager. But or good manager at least, but just right away, just with everything that's happened, it's just, 
it's not looking good. And I mean, just even just White Sox fans on Twitter, you can tell none none of them like the hire. It's just like, why? Like, why not someone who can relate to the players? Why not a Rocco Baldelli go with what works nowadays? But, but yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. So. Yeah. And they had, you know, AJ Hinch was was available as well. So it is kind of a head scratcher. I just, I mean, I don't want to say a broken record here, but, you know, I just was kind of not jumping on that, oh, let's just crap all over Tony La Russa from the very beginning. But as some of the things continue to surface, I think it's ultimately just going to be a bad decision. Yeah. So that's one team in the division that just hasn't got off to a great start this offseason. And speaking of teams in the division that haven't gotten off to a great start this season, the Cleveland Indians once again have decided they don't want to pay one of the top five to ten possibly players in the league, Francisco Lindor. Once again, they've decided they just no thanks, you know. So I don't, you know, I mean, it's just insane. Every offseason, they just make it clear they don't want to keep this guy. So I don't know. You think Lindor is gone by the time the season starts? I don't know. They're always trying to trade him. It kind of feels they hate Frankie Lindor, which is weird. Frankie Lindor is one of, like you said, one of the top five, top ten baseball players in the world. Why would you not do everything you possibly can to keep this guy on your team and build around him for the next decade? That's how good of a talent he is. Um, And, yeah, the Indians, they just, God, they just get rid of everybody. Like you touched on on the intro here, they they just released Brad Hand as well. Uh, I, I don't think they actually trade him. I think they're going to want way too much for him. He's going to be a free agent. And I think ultimately he's going to play out 2021 with the Indians and they're going to slap him with a qualifying offer or take the draft pick compensation. And that's all they're going to get out of him. And it's like, it's sad, although I don't really <laughs> care. I'm not an Indians fan, but it's just, it's, it's terrible how the Indians are handling the whole situation. Yeah, no, I'm right with you. But, I mean, for me, I actually do think – I think he's gone by the time the season starts. I think they're going to actively really? try to – I do. I think this is the offseason where they're just going to be like, all right, we've been doing this for too long. We're going to – because they can get pieces for him, no doubt. And, like, they've made it clear they don't – like, they're trying to trade him. So – and they can get a ton for him. The Dodgers are going to be interested, for one. I mean, there's going to be not a ton of teams in the mix just because of how good he is and how much it will take to get him. But – I would bet on a team like the Dodgers potentially having Francisco Lindor in their starting lineup next season. Where would the Dodgers? Well, I guess, yeah, I guess if, well, I don't know where the Dodgers would put him because he got Corey Seager at short. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's Francisco Lindor. You, you make room True. If, you can, if you can do that. Yeah. Maybe they, you know, trade Seager somewhere. I don't know what happens there, but if you can get Francisco Lindor, you do it. Like, that it's just one of those. He's one of those players. He just if you can get him, you, you get him. Yeah, he he makes every team in the league a lot better. That's true. Right. So yeah, I mean, both teams that the Twins will have to be competing with next year are just kind of imploding internally, and you just, I mean, you don't like to see it from a baseball perspective, but as a Twins fan, it's like all right, you know, making things <laughs> a lot easier here. Exactly. That that macro level, like, is this good for baseball? You hate to see it, what's going on with the White Sox and Indians, but when it's two divisional divisional opponents and you're sitting there, the Twins, you're back-to-back division champs, and you're watching your closest two competition in the division throw up all over themselves, you're kind of like, <laughs> hey, I like this. You're right. No, it's That's weird, where we are. Right. Like, you, wanted, you want baseball to go the other way but and not try to trade their best players and have their managers in horrible situations, but... uh. It happens to be the two teams the Twins need to be doing bad. So it is what it is. 
as we're recording this, two huge NBA trades just dropped, and I'm really distracted. But I'm, but I'm back now. All right, my bad. So, <laughs> but yeah, the yeah, two teams in division just imploding, and you love to see it. But, um, just today was this today the Braves signing Drew Smiley? It was today, right? It was today. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So for eleven just, million, right? It's kind of like last year. The Braves are the first team on the market. Remember they signed uh, Will Smith to like. A, pretty large three-year deal last year before any other team made a move and they did once again yeah. they're just swooping in getting ahead of everyone and yeah they, they, so. i think they have a thing for former giants pitchers i mean they got will smith mark melanson drew smiley right <laughs> yeah, really <laughs> they're weird. just picking really off weird. the giants but now, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm kind of bummed about the smiley thing i mean good for smiley he gets 11 million dollars to go pitch for a really good atlanta braves team but smiley was kind of my like sneaky under the radar. I think I'm slick pick for the twins to bring in him right. to be like their back end of the rotation guy, add another lefty to the rotation, maybe get him for like five, six million dollars. He didn't throw a lot of innings, so he was sort of my like my dark horse. That guy, like that was you know the a little trick card I would play, if you will, right? And then the Braves just soup him up for $11 million. It's like, well, I guess he was more highly sought after than what I thought. Um, yeah. But I would, I, I really hope the Twins were going to get him. He, yeah, he was one of my guys. Yeah, and I mean, it was kind of funny just seeing how upset Twins Twitter was over Drew Smiley not siding with them. That's was, was always fun. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, if he's getting $11 million for one year, what's a guy like even Jake Odorizzi going to get on him? per year value is does it change what you originally thought Odorizzi might be getting or does it raise it, it maybe like does. 18 to 20 I, level yeah I was kind of thinking that Odorizzi would eventually sign for somewhere in that like 12 to maybe 15 million range on a one-year deal now after seeing Smiley get one year at 11 there's no reason why Odorizzi can't get something that's two three years at around like 18 million annually and I don't think the twins are going to want to do that no and that's why getting someone like Smiley on a one-year deal would have been nice because it's gonna be hard to keep Odorizzi around you don't know how much the twins are willing to pay for a guy who just lost almost an entire year to injury and wasn't effective when he was on the field it's like that I mean he was just an all-star he's gonna be now getting 18 to 20 million so exactly. I don't know if I pay that yeah do you I mean maybe the twins don't but do you pay that if you know would you do that yeah I mean I would especially if I am the twins I think that yeah you know they have Maeda and, and, and Barrios there one two and you have a full season of Pineda and you got Dobnak and they have options in the rotation but I feel like this team like doesn't need Jake Odorizzi but they are so much better with a healthy Jake Odorizzi. If your front three of your rotation is Maeda, Barrios, and Odorizzi, that's a very legitimate rotation. And if I was thinking that they could just bring him back on that one-year deal initially for like $12 million, but I still think that the Twins need to prioritize bringing back Jake Odorizzi and keeping him in Minnesota, even if it's going to cost you a little bit more. Uh, they they almost they need that extra depth in that rotation at the front end of the rotation to compete into the postseason. And I don't yeah. know where I don't know where else you're going to get that on the pitching market this year. Absolutely, because if you're not making you know a big trade for a starting pitcher, Odorizzi or signing Trevor Bauer, right? Or signing Bauer, but you never know with that. So, well, you do know he's probably not. Spoiler: Trevor Bauer is probably not coming to Minnesota. 
But <laughs> yeah, Probably so Odorizzi just yeah. balances out that road. He does. He he does. He balances out the rotation. He just holds it down. I think. And if they can get him back, that'd be great. But it's looking more and more unlikely as even pitchers like Drew Smiley, who I did not expect to get a lot of money, are getting eleven million dollars, close to what I thought Odorizzi would be getting on a per year value. So. And, and there's there's a handful of teams that are interested in in Odorizzi. Yeah, I think that the Giants are in on him, the Jays, the Mets. So being yeah. you know, they got competition, um, but you know I think it you know it may be in Jake's best interest to sign a one year deal, kind of take right. a gamble on himself like he did with the qualifying offer. Because if he if he signs a multi year deal now, I believe he's already in his age thirty season. By the time he has the next free agency, he's going to be in his mid-30s. So it might just be better for him. Take a one-year deal. Hopefully you can match what he did in 2019 and then set himself up for an even bigger deal in the 2021 offseason. And if it's a one-year deal, I would put his chances of returning the Twins at much higher. If it's multi-year, I would say they go down by a lot. That's just my thoughts. One-year deal, I think he sticks around. Stay where you're comfortable. But yeah, that makes um, sense. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I mean, I was gonna say something, but the, oh, the Blue Jays and Mets, as you mentioned, they're just interested in everybody. They might just end up with every free agent. It's kind of weird. The Blue Jays are the weird ones, but the Mets have an owner now who just is like, yeah, I'm gonna spend every single dollar I have. So what? But I wish, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Yeah, no, right. I mean, absolutely cool. Yeah, can we just carbon copy Cohen and make him the owner of every major league team? <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, he went on social media and was like congratulating Strowman on coming back and stuff. It was it was cool. It's cool what he's doing over there in New York. And yep. you know, speaking of Strowman, I, I was kind of oh, su- right. surprised that that Strowman took the qualifying offer to stay with the Mets. Yeah, for that, sure, me too. That was another guy that I kind of eyed as you know maybe a little being a little more expensive than I would like to pay for like a third or fourth starter. But he was certainly an option for the Twins in the pitching market. And then, you know, he comes off the market. And we're talking about leaving Odorizzi as kind of the best remaining option. Uh, but, yeah, I was just surprised to see him do that, especially after kind of how he handled the 2020 season with the Mets with, oh, I'm injured, stays on the roster long enough to hit the <laughs> service time, and then opts out so he can go into free agency. Just, I, I thought there was no way he was going to stay with the Mets. Yeah, no, I'm right with you. I'm at the time when he signed it. This is before Smiley got the 11 mil. I thought it was a good decision because I thought the market was gonna be, you know, fairly dead. But it's looking, you know, it might be kind of like last year. We thought not much is gonna happen. A lot of players got big deals. But once again, I mean, if Stroman, like the Odorizzi situation last year, this could be uh, Stroman could be this year's Odorizzi if he would have stayed on a free agent market. He would have gotten a very nice deal. And especially next year with how many free starters are going to be competing with him. I think this would have been a great year for Stroman to lock up a nice multi-year deal. But, I mean, hey, if he wants to take the one-year qualifying and try next year, good for him. Might, if yeah, yeah. good enough, could have more value. Yeah, I wouldn't balk at $18 billion to go you know, pitch for one more year. Right, yeah, exactly. And then, you know, same with Kevin Gosman. And I was actually shocked the Giants even offered Kevin Gosman yeah. a qualifying offer. But he was another guy that I kind of liked for the Twins. You know, he's kind of been up and down and hit or miss throughout his career, but he actually did, you know, throw well last year. And I think ultimately he might end up being like a Nathan Evaldi reliever slash starter type. 
Um, but he, he's got good stuff. He's got high velocity. When he's on, he can be really good. And so I was – Kevin Gosling was kind of one of my targets and just surprised to see him with the qualifying offer as well. Yeah, for sure, man. Just like Strowman, you know, good for him for accepting. I mean, he he's one I maybe accept, expected more to accept than Strowman. But, yeah, both of them accepting. Maybe both could have gotten nice multi-year deals. But now they're going to be competing in a very nice market next year. So, who knows? It could work out great for both of them. But it also could hurt them like it hurt Oda Rizzi. So, we'll see in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so moving on. Uh, the St. Paul Saints, who have been hanging around Minnesota for a while, could become the Twins AAA affiliate. It seems fairly likely, and I think they actually did away with their current AAA affiliate. And I could be mistaken here, but I saw something about that. They did. So, yeah. So the Saints could be the Twins' next AAA affiliate, which would be great for everyone. I mean, pretty great for everyone around. You know, you got your AAA team in St. Paul, which would be very nice instead of Rochester, New York. So. I mean, I don't see any downside to this. What are your thoughts? I don't see any downside to it from like a Twins and, and Minnesota sports fan side. I I see a downside for the, the Saints. I don't necessarily see the motive for them to do it. I mean, they have to pay money to become affiliated. They have to now kind of answer to the man, so to speak. Um, and, and so it's interesting to see if it's something that the St. Saint Paul Saints ownership actually wants to do. But if they do ultimately decide to do it, I think it'd be a, just a phenomenal thing for the Twin City sports market. You, you got your professional ball club playing over Minneapolis and across the river. You've got your AAA team playing in St. Paul, the beautiful facility, and it would be, it would be really cool. So if it happens, I'm super excited for it. I, it's just a weird thing for the St. Paul Saints and, and what is their actual like motive for making this happen. Because they're That's doing true. just fine without the Twins. But they don't need the Twins to be successful. They have a beautiful stadium. They actually, they would rank, I believe, like the top 10 of, of all major league, minor league teams in attendance. So the St. Paul Saints have a good product. They have something working. Why would they suddenly change it and pay money to do it? Yeah, no, that's, that's a very good point. You know, it'd certainly be great, though, to just have Twins' best prospects just down, down at, like, a city, but... Yeah, you're right. from, the, from the Saints' perspective, does it really make a ton of sense? Maybe not, but, I mean, it's such a cool thing. Maybe they'll just be like, all right, cool, that sounds fun, and then do it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It, right. Yeah, I mean, they might be sold out even more so, like, every night, assuming that we actually can sell out stadiums again. Um, so it'd be cool. It'd be awesome, yeah, to have the, the AAA team out of there in St. Paul, and hopefully that happens. Yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun. So, anyway, we're just gonna just quick word from our sponsors, and we'll be back from back to discuss the Hall of Fame ballot that came out. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May fifth. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, we are back, and we're going to go over 
the Hall of Fame ballot and give our thoughts on our own. So, yeah, there's actually three twins on the ballot this year, or former twins anyway, um, Michael Kadire, LaTroy Hawkins, and Tori Hunter. None of them truly, like, you know, that you think are just going to get in, but out of the three, you think it's Tori Hunter that has the best shot? If there's if any one of the three get in, it's going to be Tori. I, I honestly I think Latroy Hawkins and Michael Kadir don't even survive the you know their first time on the ballot. Yeah, they're probably they're probably off next year. No, yeah, probably Kadir maybe has a good shot to survive a year or two, but no, I don't expect them to go far at all. But you know, it'd be it's cool to see him on there at least as a Twins fan, just because we don't get it very often. So. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely some recognition. You know, people think that being voted into the Hall of Fame is the ultimate recognition. I guess it is the ultimate recognition. But even just being on the ballot says a lot about your career and, and, and what you're able to accomplish. You know, even a guy like Tim Hudson and, and Barry Zito, you know, two guys that played the game at a high level for a period of time, they have basically zero chance of making it into the Hall of Fame. But at least, you know, they – their career is recognized well enough to have a place on the Hall of Fame ballot, and it said something. And so, hats off to Kadire and Latroy Hawkins for getting on there. And Tory has a chance. We'll see if he gets on there. Definitely won't be, you know, a first ballot guy, but he, he certainly has a chance. Yeah. So, I guess we'll just, you know, before we get into our picks, I'll ask you this: the, you know, question everyone's got to know. Steroids, guys. What are your thoughts? Are they on? or Are they not on? I, I say put them in. Uh, Especially on on the battle we have this year, yeah. Just in general, put the steroids guys in. You know, we've I think we've we've grown far enough away from that now. We can look back on it with a different perspective and realize that these these steroid guys, these people that have been demonized, actually did a lot of good for baseball, especially after the strike and, and sort of saving the game. And they deserve to be recognized. Yeah, so sweet. Yeah, I'm right with you there. I think. You know, especially Bonds and them, they deserve it. So I'd put them on this year. I've had them on my ballot for a while now. You want to give us, you said you have four guys before we started recording. You want to give me your four? I do. Um, I'm kind of a small, small hall guy. I got Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling, and Billy Wagner. And then, you know, Sammy Sosa is kind of a 50-50 for me, but I left him off. All right. Yeah, no, I like it. Um, I went with a bit bigger of a hall. I went with Bonds. Um, Clemens, Schilling, Mark Burley, Billy Wagner, and where? who else did I have? Hang on. I know I had one more. Oh, Bobby Abreu. Those were my, I think, six on my ballot. So, yeah, I got a couple more than you. But So, yeah. okay, we, I, I, I like Burley. Uh, I wanted to put Burley on. I just. Okay, Jack Morris is in. I get he had his playoff things, but Mark Burley compared to Jack <laughs> Morris. And that's it's, and that's yeah. the thing. Like Mark Burley is comparable, if not slightly better, than what Jack Morris did throughout his career. And Mark Burley's got a World Series ring, and he's throwing a perfect game. And I loved watching Mark Burley pitch. I just don't necessarily think that he's a Hall of Famer, and I don't necessarily think Jack Morris is a Hall. Of, well, he is a Hall of Famer, but <laughs> you know. And this is sort of that that debate of big hall versus or small hall. I feel that like there there has to sort of be this high high standard of excellence for the Hall of Fame. That's what the Hall of Fame is. And I look at it, guys, that maybe they, they transcended the game. They were larger than life outside of just baseball, like a Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter, based on numbers alone, is not a unanimous Hall of Famer, but he was because that he's Derek Jeter. 
right? Yeah, and right. When I look at a guy, you look even at Bobby Abreu, good player, not a Hall of Famer. Scott Rowland, really good player, probably not a Hall of Famer. And so that's my that was my problem with the ballot this year. It's like there's really there's four Hall of Famers in my opinion: Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling, Billy Wagner. I love Andrew Jones. Would love to see him a Hall of Fame. I don't actually think he's a Hall of Famer. Man, this year's tough for like a because I'm a big, big Hall of Fame guy. I'm a big Hall guy, so it's really tough because, as you're mentioning, there's not a ton of deserving players. But I like to get guys in there, <laughs> so it's just it's different. But you're, I think you're probably more right than me on this. It's yeah, I think if we were to decide between one of our two ballots, I'd have to lean your way. Let me hear your argument for Bobby Abreu. Hang on, I had his numbers pulled up a bit ago, but now they are away, so it'll, t- it'll be a minute. I mean, if, if you go, okay, like, if you look at the Hall of Fame um, candidates this year, and you just sure. filter by by war, Billy Wagner's, he's top 10, he's 10th in, in war amongst all, all the, but now that it means, I mean, Billy Wagner's, like, 22nd, but he's relief pitchers, that's not really fair, but, so you can't just use war exclusively, but again, if you just look at purely going off war, Bobby Abreu is the 10th best player on this ballot, which is good. I just, I don't see him as a Hall of Famer. That's true. I think in games played, I think he had less than most, which dropped him down, of course, in the war category. At least I think that was Bobby Wagner. Could be mistaken. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that's who it was. But, you know, so the the war discussions, like, he played a lot of years, but if you didn't play as many games as some other people, then war is going to be a weird stat to look at. But, yeah, man, I mean, it's just Bobby Wagner could... He's on and off. He could, you could easily convince me not to have him on there and have just your four guys. It's just, I like, I like guys in the Hall of Fame, man. I'm a big Hall guy, so it's just, I don't know. But you're probably right here with it, especially so this year. Why not Manny Ramirez, who has a career war, you know, damn near seventy. Uh, he's yeah, over five hundred home runs, five hundred and fifty-five. You know, if you're if you're a big Hall guy. How are you going to put in Bobby Abreu but leave off Manny Ramirez? Honestly, I would just say then let's put in Manny Ramirez. Let's just put in both of them. Like, <laughs> I just, I guess I left him off on mine. But yeah, I mean, I would rather put both on than take one off. And it's probably different. So you'd probably take both off instead of before putting them on because we are different in that way. But I don't know. I like to give guys the recognition. I get it. Yeah, when I first put it together, I had at least eight or nine on there, including yeah. Andrew Jones and Manny Ramirez. And I even had Scott Rowland on there. And I just kind of kept looking at it right. and just kept asking myself, like, is Scott Rowland really a Hall of Famer? Yeah, no, it's, oh, man. It's tough. It's You want to put the great players in there, but then it's like, can I put Scott Rowland and Barry Bonds on the same it's like I'm checkmarking both of their boxes, but I don't know. It's, exactly. Like, right. Like, even on this, like, Billy Wagner is kind of a stretch Hall of Fame. Like, Billy Wagner, for me, is a big Hall pick. But I just think that relief pitchers are very underrepresented in the Hall of Fame. Sure. And, you know, Billy Wagner was a very, very dominant relief pitcher. And, you know, those guys, they do have to get their credit where it's due. And I think if we expand the the hall a little bit for relief pitchers, that will allow more guys to to get in from in that position, and you know more guys to get recognized for what they did as a relief pitcher. 
But beyond that, I mean, it's for again for me, it is just basically Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling. So those are the only three that are like boom, surefire, deadlock, Hall of Fame. Everyone else, it's like you really have to like stretch it to make a case for them. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with you. It's just yeah, no, I'm I think I'm leaning towards your side a bit more here, but. It's tough because I did have a lot of guys, and they're like you. But even I had to shorten down my list, and and yeah. so I'm, I'm I'm curious. How do you feel about the whole quote unquote character clause? You know, for a guy like Kurt Schilling, I if I don't care if he pitched well, it, I put him in the if if he's one of the best pitchers that's ever been in baseball, put him in the Hall of Fame. I'm not like you can put an asterisk or something there, but put him in the Hall. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad we agree there. Like, I get it. Like, Kurt Schilling is post, you know, playing days. He's kind of been a dick uh, on social media <laughs> yeah, and a lot sure. of things that, that he said. And I don't like Kurt Schilling. I wouldn't want to go sit down and have a dinner and a beer with him. But he was a damn good pitcher, and he was one of the best of his generation and one of the best, you know, in the history of the game. So put him in the Hall of Fame. He deserves to be there based on what he did between the lines on a baseball diamond throughout his career. Everything else whatever, purely baseball speaking, Kurt Schilling's a Hall of Famer. Same with Barry Bonds. Yeah, no, I'm right with you. I don't care what he does off the field after his career. The Hall of Fame, to me, is about putting the guys in there for what they did on the baseball field. So, Now, if we can can hold guys out of the Hall of Fame for their tweets, we should be able to put guys in the Hall of Fame for their (laughs) tweets. And so, therefore... I'm going to go Dan Dan Herring. (laughs) (laughs) I throw 88. (laughs) Yes. He tweeted the other day, like, I belong in there. I'm the last pitcher to have a forehead game. Like, yeah, yeah. He says, I'm a Hall of Famer. Good for you, Dan (laughs) Herring. Right Right there with you, buddy. It's like, all right, sure. Yep, if we're keeping guys out, we're putting guys in. I like your idea. Exactly. (laughs) Just dead air and Hall of Fame tweeter. You're going in, buddy. <laughs> he's got the biggest asterisk. He's got his own hall. It's just, you know. Yeah. Instead of his, like, playing memorabilia, it's just screenshots of his tweets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like a dirty hallway or something. But <laughs> yeah, he's in. But yeah. So, what about a guy like an Omar Vizcal? What do you think Omar's, about Omar? He is, that's to be like 100% off fielding, right? Like, that's about it. I mean, yeah. I mean, career OPS of six eighty eight. Yeah, no, I'm not. No, <laughs> I don't think so. He had a WAR of six one year, but like a forty two and a half career. Like, I get it. He was a really good fielder. Like, you know, you yeah. can make an argument. You can make an argument for it that would convince me very easily because that's how I am with the Hall of Fame. But right now, I'm saying no. Yeah, I'm. I'm right there with you. Love Omar. Phenomenal player, great defender, just not enough there for me to be like, Omar Vizquel, all-time great, going to the Hall of Fame. It just isn't. One guy that I do like, and it, this kind of goes against my small hall philosophy, is Jeff Kent. Just because okay. of like the, the position that Jeff Kent played and how many years of excellence he had there and the numbers that he put up at the second base position, like no one else has really done what Jeff Kent has done at that position. So just based on that, I'm open to Jeff Kent. But again, it's like, is this guy really someone that changed the game, transcended the game, was an all-time great, an icon of the game? 
I, I don't see Jeff Kent in that light, which is why I keep him off. Yeah, no, I mean, once again, I'm with you, but I, I, I had him on my original ballot. I took him off, but I would probably. He's tough for me too. Like he could, he's fifty fifty. I could be could be convinced either way, but yeah, no, I'm right with you. Uh, and what one more for? What about Sammy Sosa? If I'm, cause like I'm putting all the other guy, uh, PED guys in. Do Sammy wasn't at the same level as the other guys, obviously, but I, I don't know. I'd try. I guess he's really tough for me. It's it just depends on if I'm going. I don't because I know you kept him off. Did you have him on your original? Okay, I had him on my original, and then I just kept kind of looking at it and, and everything, right. and like what just based on like numbers alone, you can make an argument for Sammy. But my like reservation with Sammy based on the numbers is how short his dominance was. Right, like it was basically ninety eight to two thousand two, about five years where Sammy Sosa was the man. And in those five years, he hit over 60 home runs three times. He finishes with over 600 career home runs, right? So he checks a lot of those boxes, but he dominated for such a short period of time that it makes it hard for me. And the other like argument to Sammy Sosa, which is why I lean with more wanting to put him on, is how much he transcended the game and being this icon and in that home run race with Mark McGuire and the role he played in saving baseball after the strike, those things do matter, and he should be recognized for that. But I just don't think there's a big enough body of work outside of five really dominant years in his early 30s. You know what? I'm going to be arguing for Joe Maurer in like five years, so I've got to put Sosa on for that same exact reason. <laughs> so so All right. that's my decision. And also Sosa hit 600 home runs, and that's always cool. So, But, yeah, now I've decided he belongs on because if I'm going to argue for Maurer, i got to stay consistent. <laughs> yeah, and, well, yeah, Sammy's career war is, like, slightly above Maurer's. It's not a big right, jump yeah. ahead of Maurer. But it's kind of the baseline, too, you know, same with, with the war argument. Is about, it's like 60 war gets you in the Hall of Fame, and sure, Sammy's yeah. at, at 58.6. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's right there. He's got that and six hundred homers. I mean, maybe we'll put him in. You know, <laughs> if, if if, sure. if Kirby if Kirby Puckett's a Hall of Famer, yeah. Sammy Sosa should be too. There are a lot of guys who you just kind of look at and go, "Is this solely because of what they did in the playoffs?" And the answer is yes. I mean, Morris put Madison Bumgarner in the Hall of Fame. Yes, <laughs> David Freeze. <laughs> yeah, yes, David Freeze. <laughs> you really are a big hall guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god yes if you had a big hit in the playoffs you're a hall of famer i don't care <laughs> all right all right well that's all i got for that you got anything else i got nothing sweet well, this was fun thanks for tuning in yes have a good night